morning and welcome back to the second hour of Love Babs Love Talk on Babs Rolls Ivy. I'm delighted this morning because I'm having a real fangirl moment because I'm such a fan of um, of um, Mr. Uh, Winfred Rembert's work. And I have the book and I love the book. And now I get to talk to the folks who are who are hosting a celebration of the life, art, and legacy of Winfred Rembert, longtime New Haven resident artist and 2022 Pulitzer Prize winning author. So this event tomorrow is happening tomorrow at Next Haven, and it's going to be hosted by uh, the Justice Collaboratory at Yale, uh, at Yale Law School and Public Humanities at Yale. So this morning, I have the pleasure of talking to uh, Mrs. Patsy Rembert and Elizabeth Hinton, who is a member of the uh, Justice Collaboratory and a professor of history at Yale University. So how are y'all this morning? Good morning. Unmute yourselves so we can so we can chat and catch up. Good morning. How are you all? I'm doing just fine. How are you? I am fine. So tomorrow is a is a is a celebration. Talk to me about how this came about. Because when I saw, this is how I came to know about this. I saw it somewhere. I must have saw it like on social media. And I registered. And then um, somebody, Beth, called me, sent me a message. She's like, I saw you register. Do you want to talk to them? I was like, are you kidding me? What I, do I want to talk to them? Absolutely. So how did this come about? What Talk to me about the planning of this and, 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 and why this is happening. Well, I had nothing to do with the planning. <laughs> It was a surprise and I, it was a delighted surprise. So maybe she know how it started. I don't know. <laughs> well, the, the Justice Collaboratory um, and Public Communities at Yale are hosting this event to really bring the New Haven community together um, to honor the life and legacy of uh, Winfred Rembert, who is a uh, community member that has memorialized his experiences through of injustice, um, through art and literature. And um, this event is part of the Justice Collaboratory's focus on um, community vitality, which is our theme for this year. The Justice Collaboratory um, is based at Yale Law School, and it's a group of nationally recognized academics, researchers, and social scientists who have joined together to build a more just, effective, and democratic criminal legal system um, by advancing public policies that are scientifically proven to build strong and safe communities where all people can thrive. And um, Winford's memoir and art illustrate a primary justice collaboratory principle, um, and that is that individual and collective well-being are cornerstones of justice. So we're just really excited to bring the community together to honor uh, Winford and also to honor Patsy and to be able to, um, to view his incredibly phenomenal and powerful art. It should be a, a truly special um, memorable event so we hope everybody will come out and join us so so you'll have some of his artwork up so mrs rember did you did you help pick those pieces or like how, how did how did they decide which pieces to hang well they just decided i didn't pick anything i I'm, like i'm telling you it was a surprise to me because here in new haven i don't think he had been uh represented in the way i felt like he should so i haven't taken part in anything to uh hear or had any voice in it whatever they wanted to do if they honoring him just do what they want to do mm -hmm. you know, so you so feel I, good about this particular honoring oh, of him feel, oh i'm so delighted he would have been over the top <laughs> that's yeah i, I mean, think that's so too he's been recognized in the place where he 
do his work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I because he could be here with us. I wish he could be here too, because I live around the corner from uh, New Hall. I live on Ivy Street. So <laughs> so I know how close uh, y'all are or were to, 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 this, to this community. And I've only been in this community a few years, so but I, I, I but I knew the work of Mr. Rimber for years and years and years. So and being a man that was locked up and was released, he know how the situations are for young black men. Mm-hmm. And to do the work that he was doing and try to illustrate then and now that's not that far apart in order to bring back about a change in the way we view ourselves. And that was one of the things that he was truly working toward, trying to change the view of young black men toward one another and to give white people an understanding of where we come from and the suffering that we have received that's unjust. And the Mm -hmm. things that are still going on and using a different tactic, but we're still being treated in the same manner. Yes. Absolutely right. So, so Elizabeth, um, you assembled y'all assembled a panel of folks who who will be talking about the life and times of uh, the artist and author, uh, Mr. Rimber. Uh, you've got uh, Mrs. Rimber, uh, Patsy Rimber. You have Erin Kelly, who's the co-author of the book, and I had her on my show like last year when I first got the book. Um, Reginald Dwayne Betts, who yes. Yes, who we who we know. I was just with him the other night uh, for the uh, book book talk he had with um, Nicholas Davidoff, uh, and you and Kimberly Pender, dean of the Yale School of Art. So I love this intersection of art and uh, justice. Right, this is not a new concept, is it? No, I mean, art has always been really key to helping inform our conceptions of justice, but also to the freedom struggle in general, art, music, performance. Um, And in many ways, these forms um, can help articulate the harm, impact and injustices of our society and specifically of the criminal legal system on individual people, on families and communities. I'm a historian of mass incarceration and policing in the post-civil rights era. And you know what Winfred captures through his powerful memoir, um, a history book cannot. Um, so in bearing witness to Winfred's personal story, we really all become part of setting the record straight. And it's through this kind of honest accounting of systemic violence that we can move forward toward justice in our criminal legal system. So in addition to celebrating uh, Winfred's life and work, you know, we're hoping that this event can help generate new discussions that will lead to policy changes, not only in New Haven where they are sorely needed, but in this nation. So Patsy, what's it like to live with such a prolific author and and such a prolific artist? Like that, that means that you know, some of that art, you you sat right alongside that making of that art. So it it kind of makes you the artist too, right? Because you, you're Not supporting really. and holding down this art. Not really. I was uh, privileged to be his wife and to see the inside struggles that he was going through. And my point of view, I wanted the world to know about his plight in life 
And the only way that I knew we didn't have tape recorders, tape and everything happened, is that he could put down things that happened to him from memory, write down the words and what it meant to him. And that way he's telling the story of a lot of people. And uh, that's what I wanted to convey and that it wouldn't be forgotten, mm -hmm. and neither would he. So that was my whole thing and living with him. Oh my God, he was a God sent to me. I needed directions and I needed uh, someone who could uh, understand me being a young woman when I married one, but I wasn't but 21. Whoa. I needed, <laughs> I needed that guidance, you know, and he had patience and understanding. And uh, that's what I needed. I was, was a privilege to be his wife. So, um, Elizabeth, when people come tomorrow night, uh, what do you want people to, to experience? What's the experience? What do you want them to know? And, and how do we how do we keep putting his message and artistry out there? Well, I, you know, I, I really want people to, to come and celebrate. And I, you know, I want this to, to be um, uh, an event that memorializes, but also that brings joy um, to the community, even as we're tackling um, many of the injustices and forms of oppression and exploitation that Winford experienced um, throughout his life. And I think, you know, one of the things that's so powerful about both the memoir, but also Winford's art is that it really allows us to connect emotionally to this story, which is a thoroughly American story, which is, you know, really, really captures so beautifully um, American history, black history, and offers um, ways to think about how we might build a more equitable future. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that in celebrating his life and work, um, you know, it forces all of us to be more engaged, um, to be better and to do better, both with our to ourselves and to other people and our larger communities. Mm. So, Mrs. Rimbert, um, I imagine, and you can correct me, that um, Mr. Rimbert didn't have a problem talking about his life story to people or sharing those experiences, even though they were incredibly painful. Yes, it, it, no, it was not easy. And for him, it took a long time for him. We was married for five years before I knew why he went to jail. He, wow. It was a painful subject for him to bring back those memories. But at the same time, it was memories that he needed to bring back. He suffered a lot of trauma from what happened to him. And he had that trauma up until he died. But the sense of him talking about it was something he needed to do and something I believed he was appointed to do by God. Now, whether people believe this or not, that's my belief, that this was what his plight in life was about, to tell the story, to open up, because he is history. He's not a history book, but he is history. He's mm -hmm. American history. And right. like I told a lady the other day, he's not just black history, he's history. He's telling the story of the United States and how they viewed us at that time and still do. Uh oh, I lost, I lost your sound. I think, yeah. Did you hear her, Elizabeth? No. 
Okay. So is there someone there that can check no, your sound? No, oh, there you go. You're back. We're back in. I'm eager to talk about the things that he wanted to talk about. I'm mm -hmm. eager to jump into the plan because I dropped out of all of the politics once he became sick. My attention was on him. But there's so much more that he wanted to do. And he left the blueprint for me to follow. And that's what I would like to do in his honor. Oh, I love that. I love so um can you can you share with us the things that made him happy, the things that brought him the greatest joy? His children. He loved his children. Family life is what he liked most of all. His grandchildren. And you know, this book is a a testimony to what he had said before. He wanted his grandchildren to be able to remember him and know him and know what his life was like mm -hmm. and what he wanted for them. And education was the next. You know, he didn't get a formal education because they didn't allow him to go to school. He got taught in prison how to read and write. But when they were actually doing that, and they were actually teaching people how to read and write. I don't think they do that anymore. <laughs> well, we got a problem. <laughs> but he, he, uh, his thing is education. And he's a self-educated, he was a self-educated man. Every book he come across that was interesting, he was reading it. Every situation of person that he talked with had knowledge of things that went on and didn't, he was talking with them and intellectual with them. He educated himself about life and about the literature, the literature word and with people. He educated himself. He was very well rounded with education, reading. It was nothing that he couldn't spell, nothing that he couldn't read. Uh, he was just, uh, I thought he was magnificent, to mm -hmm. be honest with you. He was. I, I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I, I don't think anyone could disagree with that, with that statement. <laughs> so Elizabeth, what does this mean to the justice community? What does a win for Rimber mean to, to a justice um, community? I mean, you know, we still have ridiculous high numbers of folks being um, hyper mass incarcerated. And, and we've got young people in and in and out revolving door kind of situation. What what can a life what can a life of this sort do for that community? How do we how, what what happens when we tell the story to folks who who've come through systems? Well, I think you know it's it's these kind of um, personal, deeply reflective, firsthand accounts that actually do help move us towards change and help us understand how the system works. We can think about prison in a really abstract way. Um, but for those who, you know, don't know what the prison systems like, don't have loved ones who are behind bars or haven't experienced it themselves, um, Winford has opened up um, that world to um, to the world, essentially. And um, in 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 revealing that story, um, you know, we are moved then <laughs> to change the system. I, I don't think anyone can walk away from reading Chasing Me to My Grave and think that the 
criminal legal system, the criminal justice system in the United States is not inherently racist and inherently unjust, um, and hopefully will then be moved to action. And I think historically, it's been these kind of firsthand accounts of oppression, but also resilience and triumph in that context of oppression that has moved to social change. Like, for instance, you know, the the um, distribution of slave narratives um, from Frederick Douglass on down uh, during the antebellum period helped galvanize much of the American public towards the abolitionist movement that built support for the abolition of slavery. And so we hope as more people become aware of the impact of the criminal legal system on individual people, on families, on communities, on the uh, human rights abuses within that system, that they will be mobilize and move to change it. I like that. I like that. So, so Mrs. Rimber, how, how would you like uh, the city, oh, how would you like the world to uh, hold your husband's art and uh, artwork? How, how would you like us to hold that and share it and celebrate it? What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, my thoughts on that, I'm hoping that it's there forever and that they view it as a learning tool. Uh, he made tragedy look beautiful. Mm -hmm. And to not view things in a negative way, but in a positive way. But I wanted to go back to one point that she mentioned. The black man's life, what Winford is trying to convey to everybody, his life behind bars was never over. Even when he was set free, he was still behind bars. There was barriers put in his way as it is to young black men today. They are not free. They're still serving time even when they've done what time they were supposed to do. They are still behind bars. They are never free. Even before they go behind bars, they're behind a sense of some kind of restriction. They only change the way. And Winford is trying to show with this book, his words, his art, that things have not changed as much, just the tactics that's being used have changed. But that's a very powerful statement. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I imagine, Mrs. Rembert, that we, we can't ever lose sight of that, that, you know, oftentimes when we see a historical, uh, when we see people's history played out, we'll say, oh, well, that was then, this is now. And you're saying, no, this is still then. This is still now. This is still now. It's still going on, but it's a different way in which it's being done. So it's, in other words, you know how your parents, your mother used to say, don't sweep that trash under the, under the carpet. That is what's being done now. Sweeping it under the carpet and saying, okay, this is okay. But he wanted, most of all, for them to know the price that many paid for them to have the opportunity to go to school, to learn. So don't be fooled by your education that things are okay. It's not. It's not okay. It's just been swept under the rug. And there's so many examples that I could tell you about, but I don't want to go into it right now. But there are so many examples to prove what I'm saying that we have not, the only thing the surface have changed. You know, you and underneath it's the same. So we need to talk 
honestly and openly about these acts. And that's what women's work is trying to get people to see. Talk about what happened. Join in, not from an animosity point of view, but from a learning point of view, what can we bring from this book that will help and enable us to treat one another in a better light, even to ourselves? Mm. So Elizabeth, when you hear that, what does that, what does that mean to you? Does that strengthen the work that you do? Does that give you, does that make you hopeful about how we can actually make some shift and change in the justice, in the unjust system? Well, I think it's works, you know, I think right now, especially as, you know, what's called critical race theory, right, which is essentially the history of racism and oppression in this country, chasing me to my grave, Winford's memoir, some would consider critical race theory, but I feel like in this context, when our history is increasingly under attack, it's stories like Win like Winford's that can help us break through. And again, those stories are so, and, and reckoning with this history, reckoning with this past and confronting it head on is so crucial to do that, is so crucial. Because we, we don't know, if you don't know where you've been, if you don't know your past, you don't know where you are and you don't know where to go in the future. And I think that what part of what makes Winford so special is not only does, he, he, have, he has now given us this incredible uh, memoir but his art really helps to capture those things that the history books cannot. And I think it's really interesting too, or important, right? That he uh, worked in leather that would, that would be here forever, that would not deteriorate. So that means like, this is, this is history that is here to stay. It's, it's, it's not written in stone, it's written in leather, but they can't get rid of it. And, mm -hmm. and, we, and we must confront it. And, and I loved what Patsy just said he made trauma, tragedy, and pain um, beautiful through his art, not as a way to romanticize it, but as a way to help us understand it more deeply um, than, than, than we currently do, more deeply that, that me as a historian who writes history books um, could ever help people understand. So talk to me about the day tomorrow. Like what, when I show up tomorrow, what, what do I get to expect to, to experience? So it's it, there's going to be food, drink, art, discussion. I mean, I think the highlights um, and, we, you know, as as you said, Babs, we have a powerhouse panel with um, with 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 Dwayne Betts and Kimberly Pinder, the dean of Yale Art um, uh, moderating. But it's really um, Patsy and Winfred Jr. who are the stars of the show, who we are celebrating and honoring in addition um, to Winfred himself. And, you know, we're going to talk about his life, his art, his legacies, history, of course, and his contributions to history, U.S. history and Black history, um, and be in conversation with one another. There's going to be plenty of time for socializing, to build community. We hope the event is an expression of community vitality, um, and we hope this helps to begin and continue and advance discussions that are already going on in our city and in our country about how to build a more equitable society and how to advance and realize true racial justice. That's how we honor Winfred's legacy. Mm -hmm. And it's it's tomorrow at uh, Next Haven, which is, Haven. I think it's a beautiful space. Like I just, I just love the, that, that space, you know, cause I remember when it was just a, you know, 
dumpy little trash house. And now it's a it's a welcoming, beautiful gallery and creative space um, showcasing art. And it sits right in the hood. Right. Like <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I love that it sits right smack in the hood. I love it. So people have to come through neighborhoods to sort of get there. I, you know, Ms. Rimba, your son um, is following in his father's footsteps in terms of uh continuing this particular art form that your husband has yeah. has uh, become well, known for that's mitchell mitchell rembert junior i can't hear i don't think she can hear me can you hear I me i can hear you yes i can hear okay. you okay well he taught mitchell he had a, a a pacific job for each one of his boys and how many sons are there because I, I don't six. know six Yes, <laughs> and two girls. <laughs> but the boys, uh, a junior, he wanted to be the head of the family in order to make decisions about different things. Mitchell, he felt like had the patience and the understanding of the work that he done with the leather. Junior always thought he aged out, so his daddy kept him on the business end, and Mitchell was the young. <laughs> He kept him closer so he could teach him that artwork. So, you know, that was that's the difference. And in between, he wanted them to come together with a collective idea to be a, a, a witness to what parenting is about, togetherness is about, even though sometimes it might get scattered. Never forget where you came from or the struggle that you had to go through to get to where you are. That was one of the what was main thing. We need to know where we came from. We okay. Where we are going. We need to have a focus on how to live in this world under the hidden Jim Crow. <laughs> it's a hidden Jim Crow. So we got to work it out. Well, I I am uh, I am interested in hearing your son talk about his father. Um, I am. Uh, excited to know that uh, there's someone continuing this particular art form. And, and I love the fact that, you know, your husband um, took the time to sort of said, I'm, gonna, I'm going to share this gift uh, with one of the children and they're going to get it and, and take it and run with it. You know, I think that's very forward thinking. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I appreciate that greatly. Yes. And uh, I think that uh, his life is a testimony to don't give up. Mm -hmm. That was one of his things, don't give up. He tried so many different things and maybe someday we can sit down and talk about all those different things. And like I told him, it's nothing he done in his life that I'm ashamed of or afraid to talk about because everything he did was for the betterment of his family, even though they might have not all been good ideas, but it was what was left to him to do, what mm -hmm. was out there for him to grab hold to and try to make sense of it. Mm -hmm. So I really want to talk about the deep down issues of his life because I got to see him from the inside. Mm -hmm. I know what it was like for him somewhat. I don't know whether I know all of the pain but I could see the expression on his face. I could see the willingness that he had to go on and fight the world on his own. He didn't ask for help in that manner. He did what he thought was right at the time that was being presented to him. 
Mm. And I just love him to death for it. Well, I'm looking forward to, to the conversation tomorrow. Uh, Elizabeth, uh, tell me one, one more time about the Justice Collaboratory and, and the work that y'all do. So the Justice Collaboratory runs out of Yale Law School. It's not exclusively Yale faculty, but um, it's mostly Yale faculty. We're uh, researchers, social scientists, academics who are trying to use our research to actually make real transformative change in the world and to um, and to help support and inspire and advance um, vibrant, healthy, and safe communities. So the event is tomorrow from, uh, I think, 5.30 to 7 at Next Haven. There is a, a, a link. Um, I'm going to post it up on Facebook, and it'll be attached to, to this show um, so that people can, if, they, if there's still time, they can register to come. And it's free, so you don't have to pay to come. Uh, and if you have not been to Next Haven, it's a beautiful uh, space. And if you've not seen the beautiful work of uh, Win Winfred Rembert, then this is your uh, opportunity to take a look. So uh, I hope people come out tomorrow and, and the weather will be way better. Yeah. Yeah, day, we'll be back to beautiful sunny days tomorrow. Mrs. Rember, it was such a lovely opportunity to talk with you. And I look forward to meeting you in person if you're tomorrow. Okay, I thank you for having me. It was a pleasure to be able to speak on Winford and meet you again thanks <laughs> a lot oh it's my pleasure and you're, you're welcome to come back and talk about whatever you want to talk about anytime you want to so you just let me know so you you are welcome to come back oh it's sit up here and chat for an hour and that's all good I'm, I'm happy to do it so uh and elizabeth same for you you're welcome to come back and share the justice collaboratory work or whatever it is y'all got going on and uh, make this your home and come and talk to the people so uh, I, I appreciate you. you both. So I'm thank looking you. forward to it tomorrow. I will be in the house. And uh, thank you all so much for your time this morning. Thank you all. Harry, we're on our way out. <laughs> <laughs>